Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and it is on for young and old. The Australian federal election is on. On May 21, after what will be a painful six-week election campaign, the Australian people will go to the polls and the cookers who've been screaming out people power are about to get their asses handed to them by the very people they are trying to get power from. Not going to happen. The iron laws of electoral politics will reveal a couple of hundred delusional cookers living in their cars in a van down by the river. A van down by the river, yeah. Don't count for shit in a participatory nope. democracy where more than 17 million voters who don't agree with you at all <laughs> cast a vote. Yes, and we'll take you through the numbers to show just that in our Down the Rabbit Hole segment later in the show. Oh, yeah, and meanwhile, in America, school teachers are about to have the living shit kicked out of them because Tucker Carlson thinks it's a good idea. What? He's an ideas man, Joel. And, and I've got an idea too, and uh-huh. an idea that we get the show moving, and that means we're heading into Cooker Country Ooh. with the Conditional Release Program's Weekly News. And in cooking news, it has been a big week on the fringe with leader of the UAP, Craig Kelly, copping an egg on his head on the weekend. Aww. Aww. It's a salt. It's it's terrible. She should go to the Hague. You want some salt with that egg. (laughs) (laughs) Sunny side up. So Tom Danica did a great video detailing how the egg was cracked right at the top of his head and it managed to slide down his generously sized ass crack. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine that? Because you shouldn't, but it's too late now, isn't it? You're thinking Mm. about Craig Kelly's ass covered in egg yolk. Yeah, that's horrible. (laughs) I won't sleep much. I won't sleep much tonight. Ah, sleeps for losers. Don't worry about it. So... The woman after the egging just simply said, stop hanging out with Nazis. And you'd think this is a pretty simple request, but it's actually really hard for people like Craig because they form a fairly essential part of their fairly small follower base. You can't alienate these people. There's no one left. So while he likes to deny it, he actually does hang out with Nazis. And this is something she says specifically, but he has an actual Nazi doing security for him at rallies. I mean, Ooh. that's just, it's just a thing. Like the guy's a Nazi and he does security for Craig Kelly. Uh, it, it is oh, yeah. So Egg Woman clearly knows her shit and she knows her game. She's staying right on point. It's like Tom Tanaki's yard playbook just being just done out. She's saying, you're an anti-Semite, you're a Nazi lover, and Craig's pointing his finger and blathering on about how she's a disgrace and blah, blah, blah. Some galaxy brain cooker in the background says, well, what do you think fucking Dan Andrews is? <laughs> Which, like, just what? Like, Dan Andrews is not a Nazi. Like, I don't remember, like, Dan Andrews getting Blair Cottrell to be his fucking right-hand man and protect him at the pub. Like, what are you What are you talking about? It's just, it's random whataboutism, right? You know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. oh, yeah. but what about? What about? What about? Uh, yeah. So she goes on to say, you're a Nazi lover, Craig, which is great, and you're fucking our democracy, which, yeah, you know, pumping money into a democracy with the ambiguous goals. Yeah. You're a Nazi lover, Craig. Stop hanging out with Nazis. Your security team are Nazis. Fantastic work. And she's unfazed by the cooking noises happening around her. She just stays on point. She's got a few points to make. She delivers them and she doesn't take any shit. She doesn't entertain their nonsense. And it's great because this is the thing. It's been a very hard week for Kelly and his association with anti-Semitism because he had a rally which featured Mark mm. Murtry claiming the Union Jack was a Jewish symbol and we stood under the Jews. And Ooh, there's a lot behind that yeah. statement. But I'm not going to 
going to it. You guys all know how they feel. This is just charming stuff. It's pretty standard these days since the Nazis have completely infiltrated the freedom movement. And let's face it, some of these guys were already asking the Jewish question before, but now everyone's asking the Jewish question. And that's yeah, not oh, good. No. It's upsetting how effective these Nazis have been. They just know how to play dumb people. So... Palm was asked about the National Press Club, which is fantastic, and he just brushed it off with Kelly denying their involvement, saying, you know, they didn't want to wear them, blah, blah. It's total bullshit. As Tom Tanneke pointed out very clearly in a photograph of the speech, Craig was right there next yep. to the stage, didn't do a thing, happily came out to speak afterwards, he didn't did. denounce it. He was absolutely there for it. He absolutely knew what happened. It's absolutely part of his plan. Stop hanging out with Nazis, Craig. That's the takeaway here, mate. Not hard. I don't hang out with Nazis. And if I did, I wouldn't be happy about it. It's just weird. It's a weird thing to do. Just stop hanging out with Nazis. In other cooking news, we're completely ignoring their little bullshit protests, but they're still holding them around the place. Look, you can find stuff out on Twitter. It's not our job. Just go it's there. It's just awful. It's just blah, blah, blah. They're occupying Canberra. They're still spending their days trying to juggle the bizarre demands of accommodation plans at their chicken farms and weird commune plots that like the tents and shit. And then heading out in the daytime to yell at buildings and just annoy people, which of course is their plan to wake them up to the truth that they're either pedophiles, pedophile protectors, or both. Come on, wake up, sheeple. You're all pedophiles. Everyone's a pedophile. Not me. Not they still hate else. buses. They really hate buses oh, too. They do hate buses. I do love this. And I haven't seen like any sort of I, I did I did see a clip of some bus warfare when he was talking <laughs> about the um the bus being mean to them or something. Yeah. <laughs> How the bus driver had given them the given them the bird. Yeah, and, that's and right. So it was yes. you know, there <laughs> and, and complained about <laughs> it to the bus people. Isn't that um, great? And, <laughs> you know, they said, you know, it'll be all right if you just shook your head, but this third finger, you know, the third finger upright in my face, that was just a terrible thing to do. Didn't they say something about, like, it should be illegal or something? Which is like, well, yeah, what? Yeah, no, it's basically saying you, you have a freedom to only shake your head. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Anything, anything more uh, more active than that, then uh, you're basically, uh, you're, you're, you're imposing on his freedom. Oh. It's just absolute garbage. It's just why these things, you know, anything, these guys are so brilliant. That anything, anyone who says you're an idiot, they just can't accept, you know. Well, yeah, that's a big feature of narcissism as well. And they want you shut down, you know. This is why they're a bunch of fascists in (laughs) Wales. Exactly, exactly. Freedom fascists. It makes no sense. So, look. The one thing they did get right is turning up when Scott Morrison took his trip down to Yarra Lumla, well, the government house called the election. It's not the greatest piece of prognostication <laughs> when no. had to go today. No, like it was, it was you know, it was pretty basic. But this is the kind of thing where they're going to claim they had some yeah. sort of insider knowledge from some white hats on the inside or some shit. They got kind of lucky, you know. They figured, okay, this is the day, well, I guess, uh, you know. They're not going to uh, do a half Senate election, right? It had to be today. Had to turn up at Yarra Lumla today. The, 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 the only thing swinging was the day where, it was going to be 14 or 21. So, you know, whether they said 14 or 21, I don't know, but now they're all claiming, yes, look, we looked into the future and predicted this. Oh, exactly. Well, yeah, because they're all, you know, fully connected, hey? They're not. So footage from Rob at Tally Hose on Twitter showed a handful of idiots standing next to the road completely missing the moment that Morrison actually drives <laughs> past them because they're too busy heckling media. <laughs> if you don't know already, these people fucking hate the media. I mean, yeah. they want to hang them. So that's a hint. But mostly they're just sad the media doesn't want to talk to them, which they made really clear in some video captured by fantastic TCRP researcher Soz149. G'day, Soz. They want to be on telly. They love the news when they're on it. They fucking thrive on it when the MSM says something they agree with every now and then. But the moment the news is about, I don't know, a federal election being called, 
They get pissed off they're not talking about Bill Heffernan's list of pedophiles. Why isn't everyone looking talking to us anymore? That's literally what they said. And, like, you say that facetiously, but this is what they actually mean. Yes. They were hassling journalists after the event. You know, the, the, the cars went down, they got their captures, they, you know, said their thing. But the thing is, like, you know, they're packing up, going home, and these assholes are heckling them. One guy said, why are you ignoring us? That's rude. Like, you know what's rude? Forcing just, someone to talk to you. Just no social niceties at just, all. Just no. And like, like, what entitles you to be in someone else's space like that? Like, this is just fucking pathetic. Like, this guy was like 50. If you lived your life like this, like, no one's ever invited you to dinner, have they, mate? He's standing in a group. There's a couple of cricket teams, right, and they somehow expect to make the national news, mm-hmm. you know, with their thoughts on things, you know, how they feel about stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, like, they've got a list of pedophiles. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. But it's just this disconnection from reality that we're, you know, documenting as we go along with this podcast. But, of course, look, this goes on to being them heckling him for being a terrible person, all this sort of really awful stuff. Then they claim he's going to be hung at Nuremberg 2.0. Hanged, I think you'll find, Joel. You don't hang nobody. You hang them. She said, Nugoberg? which was pretty funny, um, but we know what she meant. But basically, look, we all know that Trump enabled his behavior with this war on journalism during his presidency, declaring any negative press on him as being fake news, and this war on journalism is alive and well, and journalists are well in the crossfires. It is genuinely concerning because there's going to be six weeks of election coverage. They're going to be fucking everywhere, and cookers are going to be all through Canberra. This is a time when cookers are going to want attention, and I think they're going to do something to get it, and journalists are easy targets for them because, I mean, look, they're, you know, they're about to be hanged. They're going to be they're going to be Hanged. hangified. Uh, so yeah. you know, so journos, I'd say, should consider getting security. But but the problem is, everything moves out now. Uh, this is an election, so so basically everything moves out. And Parliament obviously isn't sitting, um, so no point being there. And mm. there are very few seats. In fact, there are no That's seats true. to yeah. be won in Canberra. So yeah. where all the action is happening is at marginal seats. That's actually where really they true. ain't. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have to move along, but that's, it, which is a shame because they seem really comfortable there. Well, I wouldn't say comfortable, but they seem entrenched. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they must be really sad when they think about it tonight. What are we going to do now? Well, they will be thinking like I was thinking, like, you know, Canberra is the place to be. But you're right. It's There's no marginal seats there. The buses are going to be all over the country and they're not going to be following it. Yeah, they no. really are going to be away from the, the, the pulse. That's <laughs> very funny. Stand sleeping in their cars. Standing outside the pond when no one is. Yep. And, uh, you know, smelling like chicken shit because they're sleeping in it. So, <laughs> look, but this is the thing. They're still at it. They're still obsessed with fictitious pedophiles, blah, blah, blah. They desperately want to get on TV. They can't. So they can, you know, sort of point their haggard fingers at everyone and make themselves feel better. Everyone else is a pedophile but me. But, look, these people are clearly so far down the rabbit hole. I don't think they're ever going to come back. Yeah, and no, they're not coming back. Stuff like this is just, it's the beginning of the end. Surely. Please yeah. stop. Go home. Yeah. Go home, yeah. guys. Go home. Yeah. I think one, one way or another, in six weeks' time, it will be the end of those who are so far down the rabbit hole. They're going to look at the election results and go, oh, how come no one listened to us? Maybe we are the bad guys. <laughs> Maybe that's right. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the United States, our favourite extremist with a chat show, Tucker Carlson, has moved on from advocating corporal punishment in schools. Well, he's still all for it, but he's dropped the spare the rod and spoil the child rhetoric. Moving on to advocating parents, dads in particular, get down the local school and punch the living shit out of kiddies' teachers. That's not good. Male or female teachers, 
Doesn't seem to matter. No. They've been cruising for a bruising for too long. And Tucker <laughs> thinks it's time for dads to maybe settle their nerves with a couple of stiff drinks and then head head on down to violently assault school teachers because those oh. teachers have been putting wrong ideas in kiddies' heads, turning innocent little heterosexual boys into lesbians and pure of heart little hetero girls into terrifying dominance dressed in whips and leather every Tuesday at Tucker's place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fight, 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 fight. You see, I'm from. Friday, Tucker Carlson shook his head in astonishment and called upon American dads to set upon teachers whom he claims are pushing sex values, quote-unquote, on them. Jesus Christ. The Fox News host had interviewed, was interviewing, Ohio GOP Senate candidate J.D. Vance about how, as he put it, President Joe Biden wants, and I quote here, to determine what your kids learn about the deepest and most important issues there are. Biden, he added, is therefore aiming for control over your family and your values and your beliefs. Okay. It's all bullshit, of course. Yeah. Nothing has changed in terms of syllabi in American schools, which largely comply with state directives, not federal ones, much like our system. This is one of those conservative fixations that teachers are discussing sexuality in the classroom with little kiddies. And so much pearl clutching has taken place, it led to the state of Florida adopting the Don't Say Gay Bill, which prohibits, and I quote from the Act, classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels or in a specified manner. Um, Georgia's also, oh, sorry, no, Alabama is uh, also going with their own version of Don't Say Gay Bill. And here's us thinking only Mark Latham was this crazy because he'd come up with a very similar idea. Maybe he'd lifted it from the Americans. Who knows? Yeah. But Tucker was on a roll last Friday, 8th of April. I don't understand where the men are, he said. Like, where are the dads? <laughs> You know, some teacher is pushing sex values on your third grader. Why don't you go in and thrash the teacher? Fuck. Like this is an agent of the government pushing someone else's values on your kid about sex. Like where's the pushback? Jesus Christ. According to Daily Beast, Carlson has made comments like this before. Last month while defending uh, Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, uh, the Fox News host said that teachers who discuss gender identity with students should be, should be arrested and beaten up. Not just arrested, beaten up afterwards. Jesus. In response to Carlson, the, uh, the candidate Vance criticised the crazy lunatics he deems responsible for the hypothetical scenario mm -hmm. that Fox News described. Vance went on to say, I mean, I agree with you. There should be a ton of pushback. I'm the father of three young kids and I would get enraged if I found out this was happening at my kids' school. The only trouble with that, Vance, is it's fucking not. It's just a complete <laughs> fucking complete fantasy. bullshit. He went on to say, one of the things we're learning, Tucker, is that this is being forced by some of these really radical teachers and they're hiding it from the parents. That's maybe the most pernicious part of the fucking bullshit. Unacceptable, Carlson replied. Bashings are, though. Get stuck in. No, bashings are actually uh, encouraged, if not uh, managed. Bashings and thrashings and kickings. They're Jesus okay. Christ, that is one of the most disturbing. It is oh. just awful, and you just know that's going to end in violence somewhere in the continental Someone's United States. Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to actually fucking do this. What is up, oh, man? And I swear to God, Tucker, please can just stop. Money. I'll do anything for you. Money. Just tell me what you want me to do. 
And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you by Dominion Voting Machines. Tired of scratching away with a nub of a pencil on a ballot paper the size of a billiard table, listeners? Well, Dominion Voting Machines can take all the care and worry away by replacing that chewed old pencil and put you straight to the 21st century and beyond by casting your vote directly into a machine. Think of all the time you'll save. Listeners, stroll right into the polling booth on May 21. Press a couple of buttons and you're done and dusted. Off for your third democracy sausage while ignoring the dweeb who's tooling about the back of the machine with the Phillips head screws on. <laughs> now, don't mind him, listeners. He's just making sure your vote has been counted. Maybe 14 or 15 times if you're lucky and maybe not at all if you're not. Dominion voting machines will prevent the ugliness of informal voting. Even if you meant to vote informal you naughty thing, you. <laughs> Dominion will turn that vote formal, deliver a pizza to your home and allow you to do some personal banking in a one-stop shop. <laughs> Remember, listeners, Dominion voting machines are keeping us safe, ushering yeah. in the new world order, which, ironically, is the same as the old world order where the world is run by a cabal of Jewish bankers and Tom Hanks when he's not shooting a movie. I love Tom Hanks. Dominion voting machines, try them or we're in for another pandemic and we'll get it right this time. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within... And with the calm measured tones of intellectual Watusi, Thanos the Manos Paniides reverberating in airport Melbourne piers, it means it's time for which black bill fuckwit said that? The quiz show that shows the fucking horse sense of the cooker movement. And if you're successful in today's which black pill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll be given a Phillips head screwdriver and be able to rip the back off a Dominion voting machine and fiddle about until you've got the election just right, just Perfect. the way you want it to be. Only way it could be. A democracy is a sham, Joel. A circus and a farrago, and I think it's about time we let smart people decide who wins rather than the dumb cunts who usually decide the outcome of our federal elections. And I'm looking at you, Queensland. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble with our friend. <laughs> And off we go with our first quote. And this comes from listener Michael, who is a long-time contributor and I think should be a uh, should be a member for life, a life member of the Black Pill Fuckwit uh, uh, contributors. He's that, he's that frequent. Anyway, this is the quote that he sent in and I quote now. Apparently, we studied so much that we cooked our brains. Oh, wow. It's interesting that. To me, that says if we've studied so much that we've cooked our brains, then we're actually quite smart and they can't <laughs> comprehend it. So I'll let everyone else figure out their own implications on what to call that. Just briefly, I'm going to say that I love this quote. And Michael, I'm so happy with you. Where did it's you find this? It's a very this? good quote, isn't it? It's so just, good. It's just so really vague cook of shit. Anyway, oh was God. it? Human thumb, unabashed hippie, still struggling with the Gregorian calendar, Tom Barnett. Almost Ooh. certainly. Is it a Wednesday or is it a Thursday? Do I have to put in my... <laughs> Do I have to put in my electoral nomination form today? Time is oh. just a construct, bro. The calendar was made to sell calendars. <laughs> Poor old Tom. <laughs> well, was it failed builder, now warrior for truth, justice and bad grammar, promoter of our unalienable rights, the Australia Project's Lance Brown. You fucking idiot, know. Lance. It's inalienable. Come out <laughs> here for a slapping. Well, they're alienable now. <laughs> Or was it Idiot Savant who can't do multiple division, Kangaguru Dave Graham? Or was it Warrior for Truth, whatever the fuck that is, Amanda Sheedy? Yes, whatever the fuck that is. We live in a post-truth era. That includes you, Sheeds. Um, Look, I'm going with Barnett. Maybe it's obvious, but come on. 
afraid not, Joe. This no. is terrible, terrible news. <laughs> you will not be able to. I want to win this. Trick up the next election. No, no, it was in fact Amanda Sheedy. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a beautiful quote, isn't it? She speaks a lot. Apparently, we studied so much that we cooked our brains. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. A bit of self-awareness there. A bit of rare study. self-awareness yeah. there. Yeah, just do Google searches. It's not study, okay? It's just not. Sheeds, just just keep being you. And speaking of Amanda's, question two, or quite two, comes from a friend of the program, another Amanda. We won't tell you her surname, but she lives way, way out. Uh, she does. In the outback. Uh, where she does archaeology and cultural studies. That's why she needs a stubby holder. Yes, she does. She Because <laughs> shit gets warm. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't get one. Uh, she didn't get one just as a sort of standard issue. To be honest, uh, I think she's deserved one for a to, long she, time. Uh, spends a lot of time in Central Australia. Anyway, a good friend this of the podcast. Amanda. Very good friend. G'day, Amanda. This is her quote. They've flooded the same place. Flooded it twice. Oh, No. There's evidence of planes not going from one destination to another, no. circling within the proximity of where the floods took place. That's just evidence of mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory. Yep. Evidence of planes just circling. Yep. For fucking, for, for what reason? Oh, they must be doing something. They must be. Former bodybuilder and self-qualified harp, old facts engineer James Bortolo. Or was it Melbourne demigod whose one true enemy is the moon? The great man himself, Phanos Paniedes? Or was that Bachelor of Science Specialization Weather Modification Detection Systems and Hort Couture Protest Apparel? <laughs> Dave O'Neggs? He likes to look good when he's doing it. Or was that Fairfax website producer from the 1990s who told readers of smh.com.au that Sydney would be fine and sunny 24 every day for nine months and no one cottoned on? We actually don't know his name, but he's a champion. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Dave O'Neggs because he loves this stuff. Oh no! Come on. Well, I just thought the I thought the errant fuck in there for fucking what? It's Thanos. Well, no reason it? would yeah would would Thanos. put you on the right track. Fuck. Yeah, it was Thanos. He reckons Me. the floods are, are done by crowd seeding. You know, cloud seeding, not crowd seeding. Cloud seeding. I must and say, I I look at this now and I feel like an idiot for not saying that. It really does have Thanos's fingers all does. over it. <laughs> the, 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 the shouting, the you know, <laughs> flooded it twice. The yeah, confused. Just aggression. <laughs> and, and, of course, this is a man who is terrified of the moon. Um, yes, so, you know, I don't know that we get too many uh, weather tips from Thanos. No. Um, so there you go. You're not looking. It looks like Queenslanders will rise again and vote, Joel. It's very upsetting because I don't terrifying. want them to. I don't want them to. They, they can't be trusted. And this comes from a listener and I think second or third time contributor, Presbyterian Beige, at mm-hmm. least twice, probably three times. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Presbyterian Beige. Love your work. And the quote goes, how many of our politicians received the saline shot? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How many of our current politicians are unvaxxed and haven't got the nuts to say so? I should say cojones. For, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, haven't got the nuts to say so. How many of our current politicians are pushing the jab and know it's wrong? How many of them will stand trial for hashtag? Crimes against humanity. Oh, God. It always comes down to fucking crimes against humanity. It's crimes against <laughs> your dumb little social media addiction, you fucking morons. Your p- pathetic irrational fears. Oh, yeah. you dumb hobby cult. So was it fat-faced conspiracy adjacent political as aspirant John Ruddy? 
from the Lib Dems or insert party name here <laughs> now. Yeah, the party formerly known as the Liberal Democrats. The party, yes, yes. They might even go with a symbol. And yes, they just should. Just go like they a white prince. Might um, need to get better uh, guitar though, cause, guys. Because they can't call themselves the Lib Dems anymore. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, or was it fat-faced conspiracy theorist, political aspirant, Walter Stragan, UAP candidate for the seat of Melbourne? Is oh, God. Was it fat-faced conspiracy theorist and egg target? Craig Kelly, <laughs> or was it fat-faced conspiracy theorist leaving us too soon, XMP, Georgie Porgy Christensen? He's a weird character. It's amazing that he bowed Parliament because he had like a 10% swing toward him last election. Yeah. Madness. The guy was safe as houses. Anyway, yeah, fuck it's him. It's 13 to 14% required now. It used to be marginal. Mm. Madness. Madness. Anyway, um, I have no idea, but I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the random UAP candidate, Walter Stragan. <laughs> Ah, excellent work, excellent work, Joel. Excellent work. Fantastic work, in fact. I don't see the yeah. fingerprints of any of the other ones on them, and I know how the other mm. ones speak. How many of them will stand trial for hashtag crimes against humanity? Yeah, wow. not many, not many. I'm just going to give you a spoiler, not many. And by the way, Walter, now that you're in the caper, now that you're on a ballot paper or a soon-to-be-printed ballot paper, you're a politician, mate. <laughs> you know, so... Ham, have you have you taken a saline shot? You know, have, have you got the nuts to say so? Well, or I say cojones for extra, extra emphasis there. Yeah, anyway, exactly. There you go, one out of three. I don't think that gets you to determine the uh, outcome of the next federal election. No. Tonight. But look, it's a shame. It'll be left to Queenslanders and perhaps a few people who live in the regions in New South Wales. Something like. tells me that I'm going to get the outcome I'm looking for. So I'm not too worried. Now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits, just like those three things. Oh, yeah. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can be only appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tat on my desk if you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show. And we remind listeners that the condition release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. Clinically proven. Right now. Amanda. And Amanda, our winner today, one of our winners today, will one of them. appreciate that. Well, she will understand the clinical data just by popping a stubby in there and having a go. You will. I did actually speak to her, and she hasn't got a stubby holder yet, so we must get one out to her. It's important. Post-haste. And we can also reveal the conditional release program stubby holder may be used to vote on your behalf. If you're voting postal this year, and it's the the big fat all the kids are talking about, let's face it. You simply inscribe your voting intention on the stubby holder as something like democracy sucks or ScoMo can get fucked. Draw a and dick. flick it in the mail and it will be counted possibly more than once. Subject to AAC approval. Now, we ask us to drop us a line if they want to contribute to which Blackpool fuckwit said that. Bury the quote in the email so I can't see it, please, because we share the email address and market the attention of Jack at our email address, the conditional release program at gmail.com. Dot com. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Our listeners, last week, the Lord of Australian Sausage, Senator in Exile, Rodney Carlton, was before the courts. The Kalgoorlie Magistrates Court to be yeah. stood, and walked away proclaiming, We're going to the High Court! <laughs> Ah, and his great Australian Party supporters were among 17 people charged by police for failing to comply with the direction under the Emergency Management Act in WA when they entered Western Australia in March of this year at UCLA. Mm. Now, the charge comes with a maximum 12 months bird and a fine of $50,000. 
a conviction would see Carlton ineligible to sit in the parliament. Not that that matters because the, <laughs> the walking threat to crockery yes. is already ineligible to sit in the parliament. He is, yes. As he's an undischarged bankrupt. He sure is. He was an undischarged bankrupt at the 2019 election, but that didn't stop him then and it appears not to stop him now. No. He's on a roll. And in one of the stranger applications of our participatory democracy, one's eligibility to sit in the parliament can only be determined once the votes are counted in the rearview mirror through expensive high court proceedings all charged back to the taxpayer. Yep. What a system, eh? Mm-hmm. Now, Carlton did not enter a plea in the magistrate's court on April 4. He sought a 12-week adjournment <laughs> just after the election, funnily enough, which the magistrate denied, instead offering him four weeks. And the matter will be heard now early in May, before the next election, which mm. left big soft sit Rod to throw his hand skyward and declare, we're going to the high courts. Like somehow the high court is just this kind of dry cleaners where you can just <laughs> drop clothes in, pick them up, pick up a judgment a couple of days' time. Yeah. Joel, you're a law-talking guy. How could Carlton not make a plea, not have a finding made against him in a lower court, and have the matter heard directly by the High Court? Does that sound does that sound plausible to you? No, the High Court <laughs> does have original jurisdiction over some matters, but not fucking fines. Uh, I would love to see Kiefel running some pretty hardcore, high level cases around parking. Uh, you know, really, yeah. <laughs> really sticking the elbow into a few Porsche Cayenne owners. Um, but that's not really how it works. No, um, it's not really how it works. No. no, we don't have the full bench of the High Court sitting around going, oh, I see. Now, you're, you're claiming that you got back to your car at 10.15 <laughs> and, and this parking ticket says you, that was issued at, at 10.20. It's uh, not a point um, of law or a constitutional no, issue, I'm afraid. It's not going to drive through, get a judgment. Uh, and... Back on your way again. And the thing is, like, even as like a, a as an appeal court, it's still not likely to turn up there for various reasons I'm not going to go into. But the other thing that really annoys me is, right, Cullerton's been yakking about law, massive <laughs> subset for years, right? I've done like one six-month course, it's really had no two six-month courses on the constitution and the high court. And I know oh, that's not going to happen. more than him. This guy's done about like what, like 15 years of talking shit about law, and he doesn't know that. So he either knows it and he's lying or he's so stupid I can't even measure it. So, look, that, there's your two options. But yeah, well, me. We'll get to the scoreboard shortly, Joel. <laughs> 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 not only is Carlton ineligible to sit in the parliament, he's been found not once but twice to be ineligible to sit in the parliament yes, by the yeah, High Court it. in 2017. He's but been not stopped him having a crack and showing some real Aussie do or die, I'm fucked in the highly improbable event that I'm elected spirit. Yes. Good Don't vote for me, please. But in other much worse legal news for serial litigant Carlton, he faces further criminal charges for failing to comply with instructions from the bankruptcy trustee. Remember that bankruptcy business, right? Ah, uh, Yes. And this would make him ineligible to sit in the courts, not once or twice, but thrice, John. <laughs> he's actually three strikes and he's, he's out. At that point, it feels like bullying an idiot, but yes. And just two weeks ago, a WA Supreme Court judgment uh, judge determined the property Cullerton resides at will be subject to a forced sale, oh. which means the leader of the Great Australia Party will be, where will he be, Joel? In a van. In a van. The river. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's up. check the scoreboard. Well, technically it's uh, a nil all draw, but Carlton's, we're going to the high court. Triumphalism, among his many other failings, the scoreboard really is set to click over 
Rodney Kelton, zero. The man, five. Ooh, not good. Pay your fucking good. bills, Rodney. You're not a child. Pay your fucking creditors, son. It's just bad. Who borrows 20 bucks and then says, fuck you? I mean, you know, yeah. people who do that are just- That's what he does. That's essentially what he's doing it's, on a much larger scale, of course. Yeah. It's what people do. And it, like my father always said, when you loan money to someone and they refuse to pay it back, it is a small price to pay to not have them in your life. Now, I get that when you loan it to a mate, but as a banking institution, you're probably not feeling like you're like, oh, well, hey, we got rid of Rod Collins as a customer. I <laughs> Maybe guess Rod Collins is not going to talk to us anymore. Yeah, like it's not a win. So look, no. now we have the election, which has finally been announced for May 21, and it means we're off to the races. We're going down the rabbit hole to see how the cookers and their millions on the streets, billions on the streets. Billions. Will- well, say when it comes to the actual business of 17 million Australians casting their votes, mm. you fucked, guys. It was all a waste of time, and you're about to realise it in this week's rabbit hole. <laughs> all right, uh, in a rabbit hole, let's get things underway. And by uh, a bit of an analysis of where we are now, where our federal parliament is now and what the polling's looking like. And as defined by, uh, as being held by a margin of 5% or less, the coalition holds 14 marginal seats. Labor needs to gain eight to form government in its own right, and it has one in the bag nominally after redistribution created the seat of Hawke in Melbourne's outer west. So Gotta love it needs Victoria. really to get seven. Um, it holds nominally the, the seat of Hawke by, I think, about 14%. What? Okay. Uh, there are four coalition-held marginal seats in Queensland. That's Longman, Leichhardt, Dixon and Brisbane. Dixon, of course, being Peter Dutton's seat. Uh, and four in Victoria, Chisholm, Casey Higgins and Deakin. Two in New South Wales, Reid and Robertson. Reid is uh, sort of Western Sydney and yeah. Robertson is Central Coast. Central Coast, yeah. And Tasmania has Bass and Braddon and one apiece in Western Australia, Swan and South Australia, Boothby. And polling in two of uh, the Queensland marginals, that's a few weeks ago now, shows Labor making no inroads in, in uh, I think it was Longman and Dixon. That's surprising. Yeah, it's got a little bit of the 2019 all over it again stuff. But anyway, <sighs> one of the hidden factors that arose from the Morrison miracle in 2019 was that swings against Labor created a large group of Labor-held marginals in that 5% band, 18 in total. All of these nine seats are in New South Wales, Macquarie, Eden Monero, Dobell, Gilmore, Greenway, Hunter, Shortland, Richmond and Parramatta. Four in Queensland, it's Lilly, Blair, Morton and Griffith. These are all Labor-held seats but uh, on, on the narrow margins. Mm-hmm. Two in Western Australia, Perth and Cowan and Alley in uh, Cowan. And Victoria, the ever the perennial marginal Karangamite. And uh, Dunkley in I just Melbourne love Karangamite as a word, to be honest. I think it's a great it's a beautiful, word. It's a beautiful thing. Karangamite. You can be a, yeah, you're not a happy Karangamite. Um, <laughs> and so you might be a swinging voter if you're an unhappy Karangamite. Yeah. Uh, lost uh, lost uh, by the Liberals in 2019, Karangamite. There were lots of unhappy Karangamites then. <laughs> Uh, and look, and the other one is Solomon in the Northern Territory. Um, now, I've, I've seen no polling in any of those seats with the exception of the two Queensland marginals I mentioned before, but they remain points of vulnerability for Anthony Albanese and Labor, the Labor-held ones. The swings are never consistent across the country. If Morrison, if a Morrison miracle 2.0 occurs, it would come from gains, more likely in Queensland, where Labor's primary vote remains in the doldrums, about 28% primary vote, but also in regional New South Wales. And Solomon, as I mentioned before, is in play with the retirement of Labor veteran um, Warren Snowden. 
uh, and that may throw up uh, a strange result. So, yeah, so um, <coughs> Warren, uh, after being a veteran of the House, is leaving, and that means that a lot of personal vote will diminish. Yeah, and look, I'm just going to say it. This is probably a bit of a bold prediction as such, but I will say the 2019 miracle was one of those situations where people voted against Shorten, and they voted for the guy they didn't really care about. In a situation like this, I think the tables have definitely turned. People are going to vote against Morrison. I think a lot of the the general sort of polling and things like that, over time, people are just going to realize how much they fucking hate Scott Morrison, and they're going to vote against him. The small target strategy that Albo's going for may very well work. Yeah, look, it may well it may well work, but there's a, there is a bit of a vulnerability in that in that strategy too, you know, Shorten went to the people with a, you know, big tax and spend sort of agenda and uh, and that's considered to be, you know, anathema now in, in, in my politics. I fucking love that platform, by the way. It was basically communism and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, com- not communism. Franking it was so credits. good. There, was- <laughs> there were no franking credits in the Soviet Union. Um, <laughs> uh, but look, the, the small target strategy, quite seriously, the the issue with that is when, when people get into the polling, but probably as I did to some degree in 2019, they go, well, I know Morrison's a bastard, but I don't even know who this guy is. And, yeah, well, that's all and, the and I don't even know what his party's well. standing for. And that could be the problem. That's, I don't know, the, that's, man. That's the, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be that way, but I said that is that is the you know the the shortcoming of the small targets. Anyone that Morrison feels like the uh, feels like the, the the wave this this time. But that's just my gut feeling. It just seems yeah. like everyone, even liberals, may well be right. You Morrison may well be right. Well, he's just to, such a cunt. Uh, the betting, and I guess the betting sort of reflects a kind of 2019 all over again. The betting Ugh, has Labor at $1.30 yeah. and the Coalition at $3.15. Yeah. And that's just in the head-to-head uh, next to form the, the 46 parliament, the next parliament. And what we'll see, and we'll go through this analysis as we go through the as we go up towards the election day, the seat-by-seat betting is not yet out. It will be over the next few days. And and you yeah. can actually determine, rather than the head-to-head, you can actually see money come uh, come for or against in these marginals and, yeah. you, and you can figure out which way, you know, to a certain degree, it's probably a little bit more, not scientific, but it's pr- probably a little bit more um, uh, informative than... Um, than uh, than polling itself. I made and good I, money on Zali Stegel before people realised she was going to win. And uh, yeah, I, I remember, say, I remember, I remember you being a happy that, chap. When, that may uh, have been on information that wasn't everyone's uh, purview. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but, uh, but it did. It, she did. It did pay very well because I think you got on early. And yeah, I put about uh, three hundred bucks on two seventy. <laughs> it made yeah. up for the other bets that I made and lost on. <laughs> well, the individual seat betting is, is is one to watch. You'll see some big fluctuations there. There probably won't be a, a much of a fluctuation at all in the in the head to head. So Labor will go into that very firm favourite. Um, what if they offer multis and quinellas? That, that'd be great. I'll like to do like, you know. They don't offer them. Well, they didn't uh, they in should. 2019 because I'd like to be able to go that seat, that seat, that seat. and, and, and Chuck it a multi. And put, um, put a multi together. I'm putting Bear it mind, well, uh, But the, the seat-by-seat stuff, it can be very informative on, on trends within election campaigns. Certainly by 2019, I was, when I was monitoring it very closely, you could actually see some of these Queensland marginals that had been, you know, strongly favoured to Labor to win. Yeah. All of a sudden, coalition were favourites, so there was a shift. Um, Anyway, the polls. Um, We've got news poll 46.54. I think others, it's closer 45.55. Ipsos certainly has that. 
Um, so that's a big margin. So that eight points, you know, may not be realised in an election, but that is landslide territory if it were to be realised uh, in in in, uh, in a national or federal election. Morrison leads in the news poll as uh, preferred prime minister, forty three to forty two. In the Ipsos poll, it's the other way round. Albanese leads uh, thirty seven thirty eight. Narrow margins doesn't much count for anything other than Albanese has kind of at least got a profile. Yeah. The primary vote um, in the news poll, Libs had gone up from 36 to 38 in the most recent poll. There'll be another one out uh, on the 11th uh, when Labor's primary vote was down three. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, LNP had gone from 35 to 36 and Labor had gone from 41 down to 38. The point about that is the Libs can't win unless their primary vote is in the high 80s, and high 30s, I should say. It's it's currently languishing around about 34, 35, 36. Yeah. Look, there's, uh, there's some other good polling around. Guardian published what's called the Essential Vision results from the Essential Poll. Um, you can... Uh, get on to essentialvision.com.au, sign up for that. There's a lot of really detailed demographic analysis, um, and that is an online poll, but a, but a, a highly regarded one. Uh, news polls available at the Australian, of course. Uh, Ipsos runs through the Australian Fin Review, and Reveal, I think, is the, the, the current pollster for, for, for Fairfax. Uh, <clears throat> polls get it wrong, and they definitely got it wrong in 2019. Three or four points out. Uh, and <clears throat> they get things wrong for a couple of reasons. Sometimes, well, I'm just going to talk about a face-to-face poll. Face-to-face polling can be a bit unreliable, particularly if you were going to say, oh, I'm voting for, quietly think to yourself, I'm voting for Clive Palmer. Yeah, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and and I want someone, everyone to know about Someone it. comes along with a, with a clipboard asking you some questions and you say, oh, I'm going to vote for uh, Anthony Albanese. I'm going to vote for Scott Morrison because you're not actually going to say this was an effect that we saw through um, the failed polling of, of the Trump election in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and so face-to-face really is the big representation of that flaw, but it can also happen in phone polling as well. What news poll tell me when I talk to their people is that they are, uh, it used to be very easy polling and just, you know, just dial up a landline, but it's not yeah. so easy now. So they, they have a, a heavy preponderance on mobile phones now. Uh, and as we're going to, um, going to see, it's basically one, one thing I can tell you about the news poll is it's very, very comprehensive about the other vote, which includes the cooker vote. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. So what they do, what, you know, in, in past polls, they would have gone, are you going to vote for Labor coalition or other? Not quite like that. There'd be Greens, Fon, or other. But what they do now is actually go through a a candidate list in your electorate and and go through that and say, would you vote for this these people, this party, if the if the party is running a representative or candidate um, in your seat? So it's actually really fine, you know. So you're actually going through. It's far more accurate. And so what we see in that news poll, now, now a couple of weeks old, is that the other vote, what we might sort of call the, the, the non-major party vote, is there's 10% for the Australian Greens. That's a little bit high for mine. 10% for the Australian Greens, three for Paul Hanson's One Nation, three for UAP and 10 others, right? Now, would we say those others are cooker votes, Joe? I wouldn't have thought, you know. No. So, so basically, 
um, uh, what we might say is that um, uh, there's there's a whole lot of others in there. There's Justice Party. There's Animal Justice yes. Party. There's yes. uh, um, IMOP. There's oh, and that's probably Cook of Vote. But there's vote. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of minor parties. There's out Reason there. Party. There's all sorts of stuff. And a truckload, and more so than 2019 of of independence, and we're not just talking about the Climate 200 uh, indies that are running uh, in, uh, I think, seven Blue the Ribbon Cannon Brooks Club seats. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, when we look at 2019, uh, what we saw is that UAP got around three, Fon got around three, and, and and but UAP wasn't counted really as a separate as a separate party. So we had 10% others, which included about 3% of UAP. Now UAP are separately polling at 3%. You've still got that 10% others. And now I'm telling you that 3% differential is actually the cooker vote. That is yeah. basically the, the the hard number on the cooker vote, about 3%. It's, it's as much as they're going to get. I don't think all UAP voters are cookers, but what I, I, no. you know, a lot of them will have been susceptible to this ridiculous campaign at protests sure. and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, 3% is about as good as you're going to get. Uh, vaccine polling, you know, that says a lot. Yeah. How many people are unvaccinated? How many people are cooker voters? You know, like it's it's not a parallel because a lot of people have got vaccinated against their will because of mandates and things like that. Yep. But at the end of the day, mate, there's not many of you and your numbers no. are dropping as we go. Yeah, two, two to three percent. That's that's what I estimate that sort of cooker vote to be. Kind of, anyway, we said the same thing the whole time, really. I think that's been our, our general. And, and look, as you say, some cookers will vote for some some UAP and so forth. Oh, sure. What we saw at twenty, what we saw in twenty nineteen was, and this is kind of this sort of spooks a lot of particularly people on the left. That, that but Paul and Hanson One Nation they preference. Um, uh, the coalition sixty forty. So forty percent of fond voters are preferencing Labor, mm. uh, and and in twenty nineteen sixty five thirty five were preferencing Labor. So thirty five percent of the UAP vote preference Labor. It's like Family now, First people preferencing uh, Labor in South Australia. It was so bizarre. Family First are like full on like intense conservative trad wife uh, uh, belief type people and they're preferencing Labor, the heathen party? What are you doing? But hey, look, yeah, it's, it's an interesting mind. one. It's, it's an weird. interesting one. It's I weird. mean, look, it's in one one representation, the Fon vote certainly might be seen as a sort of blue-collar vote, working-class yeah. vote, if you like, yeah, uh, that have yep, some yep. sort of affinity with, uh, with, uh, with the Labor Party. Um, interestingly, this time, uh, we don't know about Fon uh, preferences, uh, but UAP are saying that they'll preference the major parties last and second last. We're not sure in which order, but uh, at this stage um, uh, they're saying that they won't preference anybody. The problem with that is that you don't have, so Paul and Hanson's One Nation, they don't have people at every booth. They don't hand, hand out how to vote cards to every potential voter. And the same with the UAP, although, although they paid for people to come and hand out how to vote cards. And you just... Not going to get that across. So, so preferences are going to come down to individual voter who, yeah. who, who, who actually vote for or UAP. 
or indeed others, are actually going to come down to whatever they feel at the time. Well, yes, Jack, this is all well and good, but it doesn't take into account the masses of people lining up to be told exactly <laughs> who to vote for by a good friend of the podcast, Monica Smith. Freedom, freedom means being told who to vote for and how. It's so funny. Vote for freedom candidates. But what if I don't want to? Vote for freedom vote candidates. For freedom candidates. And donate now. Or you get the stick again. So they've had this <laughs> awkward Zoom conference going over the past week called Making Political History, where Monica yeah, and her mate Liz Blake, whose resume includes, this is a bullet point they put on the website, being a business mentor Ooh. and a master of reinvention. Yeah, it, I can it, see that. It sounds like someone who's like <laughs> running away from creditors. Like, I, I reinvented myself <laughs> several times. It sounds like Ronnie Biggs. Yeah, uh, it really I'm does. I'm running Rio. I've, yeah. I've reinvented myself. Yeah. It really, really does. And look, let's face it, about 50 people apparently watch this. So we're not, <laughs> this is not, you know, it's not, we're it's not talking about Tucker Carlson gets like reaches millions. This is, this is the sad ashtray of the movement. It's really <laughs> pathetic. So 50 yeah. 50 people. It took them actually, like, it, so it took them five long, boring evenings oh. to simply tell people how to vote. That's pretty embarrassing. It, it was basically one, it was basically one, five one hour sessions, wasn't it? I think it was something like that. I mean, God knows oh, how long they were. We should get Soz on there to tell us uh, how it happened. We'll talk about yeah, that later. Yeah, well, that's why I'm relying on Soz here. I think that's about right, 5-1. So they're calling oh, it an geez. education program. Uh, if you're getting educated about Monica Smith, like you need to take a fucking breath because like, yeah. that's fucked yeah. up. She can't yeah. spell. But it yeah. also includes this bizarre take on grassroots campaigning and how to use social media really, really badly. So this is just a massive mess. It's where Monica, who's been a very effective you know, sort of campaigner in far as being an alarmist and a fucking, you know, like data miner goes, it all falls apart when she tries to diversify her portfolio. There's not even any <laughs> denying of the program scope because this is in huge letters on their website. Over a five-day program in capitals, by the end of this five-day program, you'll know <laughs> yeah. how to make your vote work to get freedom-loving politicians elected and how to help others to do the same. Do you get a certificate? I'm not doing it if there's no certificate. Honestly, you fucking should. You know, print it out with your name stamped on it. Like five days, fucking hell. I mean, the amount of electoral fraud needed to actually get one of these freedom-loving politicians into a Senate spot would take a fair while to explain. So you get the screwdriver, you open up the voting machine, That's and then right. you have to short out BIOS B1. Just fiddle about. Just fiddle about. This yeah. jumper. Like, I mean, come on, guys. So- as we said, Soz149 on Twitter and Sonny Sandil actually did watch the event and captured a few excellent moments. And oh, during one good. of the presentations, Monica is doing a thing about how you could use Facebook to organize people and cops a 20-day ban as she's doing <laughs> So she has to stop the presentation. And she's like, she starts, she, she really like <laughs> says her thought process out loud. She's reluctant to, or maybe doesn't know how to, log into her other accounts. So the whole angle here, was like how to beat getting banned on Facebook and be an effective campaigner on social media. And she literally <laughs> got banned while demonstrating how to use Facebook effectively, which included ban evasions. You just can't make this shit up. It's fucking theater. So mm. here's a slice of the genius insights she's offering up, which came from the website. Here's a quote. We have a real chance to vote the major parties out. Replace them with politicians who have Australia's interest at heart, unlike the unelected global bureaucrats who are increasingly influencing our politics 
whose sole interests are the rape and pillaging of our nation. <laughs> That's their sole interest, rape. That is well, well, and so intense. Rape and pillage. Mm, That's what their do you do? Sole do you interest. pillage first, do you rape second? I don't it's know. Not clear. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> what I can say about the major parties, and it's a vote of support for them historically, is that it's it, there's a long trend of decline. Um, back in the 80s, uh, in 1977, I think, was the was the highest. It was just well over 90%. So people would either vote Labor or Coalition at that yeah. sort of rate. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, and I think as of 2019, with this sort of long descending, uh, declining trend, as I say, it was at 71%. 71% of, of, of votes were cast for the major parties. Okay. In the polling that I just talked about before, it's 74 So would we believe that people will vote more for the major parties this time around or a little less. And that might sort of tell us where some of these primary votes are going to go too. I tend to think it'll be around that 70% margin, perhaps not quite as high as 74%. So we might see a little bit of shift in perhaps support for UAP uh, or FON, maybe yeah. not. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's just just the background on the primary votes for, uh, for uh, the majors. For the majors, yes. Well, they're trying to vote them out, which is not going to happen, yeah. but... When it comes down to it, the thing about this quote, which I find really funny, is that the whole thing is about replacing unelected global bureaucrats with <laughs> a elected politicians. I don't, I don't know. Like, what are you going to start like running uh, like election campaigns for the head of departments in the public service? <laughs> what are you talking about, Monica? This is fucking gibberish. And like, what is this? Who actually wakes up? And goes, looks at their diary like, oh, so we're raping today, but we're pillaging tomorrow. Yeah, got the white man's pillage tomorrow. I'm an elected official. This is what I do. Oh, and someone's like, oh, I think we should uh, start some social welfare uh, programs. Say, no, no, no. My objective, my sole interest and nothing else is to rape and pillage. Oh, but I think we need to war- I think we really need to talk that's about the, housing. That's the sole no, interests. No, my only just interest. Just the rape and the just, pillage. Just the rape and the pillage. There's nothing else. I mean, look, <laughs> honestly, this is the problem when you have someone who is a high-functioning moron who is yeah. educating others based on pretty much an education of electoral politics made by comic book movies. Has really no understanding of electoral politics just, at all. Like, just... Like, you just don't know what you're talking about. This whole Dunning-Kruger effect has gone too far. Too far. You don't know what you're talking about. Lay off the science fiction ideas you have of electoral politics and stop trying to convince others that they're valid and worth listening to. You're fucking mad. So, look, they're telling people to vote with a pen. This is textbook cooker bullshit. I'm yeah. going to use a pencil because I don't care. I'm not going to bring a pen to the polling booth because I'm not weird. But the scariest thing here, we've been saying this for a while now, they are going to yes. volunteer as scrutineers in the election. We are going to have cookers in the counting room in this election, just like they had in the US when COVID was just happening and they were coughing all over fucking vote counters. And it's going to be fucking surreal. Well, I, I just simply say, yeah, they might, that might be their intention, but that, the, the police will be called and they'll be removed. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it but just, uh, it just doesn't work that way. And and the other thing is that they're going to have people, they want to have people to hand out how to vote cards or sort of uh, their own, uh, what they would like you to their vote own for. And again, you can't do this. You just simply can't do this. That might be sort of, 
you know, I mean, it won't it won't happen off it won't happen often or or, or in too many places because they've got such small numbers. But where that does happen, it is illegal. It'll probably be you know a sort of nod. You'll get a how to vote card and go, what? Who, who 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 is this for? Oh, we're from um, we're from. Do you know Monica Smith? <laughs> <laughs> I'd knock, knock someone out. I'd knock someone out if they for handing me anything that Monica Smith put together. I'd knock someone out outside of polling booth. No problem at all. As long as they're a teacher. But like I found this out <laughs> when I was about ten years it's old. On the school grounds, so you know. I was close. there <laughs> down the bowling polling booth down in Avalon with Luke Craig. We made our own how to vote cards. So we grabbed <laughs> a whole bunch same. of how to vote cards, changed them, and we put the Australians against for their immigration last because we were massive lefties, even as kids. And this fucking liberal voter comes up because we put liberals like second last and comes and goes, you can't do that. That's illegal. So it that's is. how I learned that it was <laughs> it illegal is. to make your own how to vote cards <laughs> as a 10-year-old trying to participate in democracy. Yeah, Amazing work, liberal volunteer. Monica, you're not 10. You're no, not 10. you're not. It's not cute. It's actually just sad. I was cute, you're sad. So, look, we've discussed at length about how, you know, RDA is just falling into this irrelevance trap and they're only getting sucked further into the vacuum, notably the fact they have did an entire campaign which had about 50 participants. And this shows <laughs> in painstaking detail how little of a fuck people give about their bullshit. And look, this is the thing. Monica tries to stay within this kind of right-wing conservative bubble where her Catholic beliefs are really charging her through, tries to sway this sort of traditional electoral politics with this little hint of conspiratorial rubbish, but realistically staying within the paradigm because she knows the conspiratorial rubbish keeps me engaged, but the paradigm's where the money is. But you know what, Monica? Where's the hanging policy? That's it. Where's the hanging policy? The hanging policy. And that's where you've gone terribly wrong. You've got to be more like Bozy, baby, because thanks to the freest freedom and all of Freestyle on Twitter, great account. Do follow yeah, it. Yeah, very good. Excellent. This work. terrible piece of content absolutely exists. And this is what it says on this like weird meme. It's just like a, it's, It looks like a core flute angled on a JPEG. It's fucking weird. Message to the Australian Electoral Commission. Mm. If each ballot paper is not numbered like cash, is not accounted for like cash, is not protected like cash, and is not transported like cash. You're not conducting election, but committing an act of treason for which there will be penalties. And then at the bottom, Australia won our best future. He means he means hanging. He means hanging. Yeah. <laughs> he means a good a good lynching. You will be uh, harangued. <laughs> but for a deeper look at the churning laboratory of Australian democracy, we need to go beyond the fringe. Shuffle along and keep shuffling to the end of the spectrum before free-falling into a political abyss where the fringe has been replaced by a home haircut. And I'm talking about soft sits. Oh, and the soft sits, bless them, who really have no dog in this particular fight. No. I mean, you know, because of the Constitution and stuff. They, 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 you wouldn't have thought, would engage in this, you know, that their, that their followers would just not vote not register with the AEC in the first place. That's how, that's how you win elections. A sovereign citizen group under the banner of Common Law Earth, and they're closely affiliated with the AustraliaProject.org, mm-hmm. they've decided to hold their own election. Good. But in a no-point redesigning the world move, its own election will be held on the same day as the federal election, offering its own candidates on separate ballot papers while utilising AEC ballot boxes. It saves a lot of effort. It saves a lot of effort. It is a a budget. Because elections are expensive. The Common Law Earth website reads in part, we propose holding an election 
at the same time as the upcoming election, but being presented by the corporate uh, that is being presented by the corporate political party government. This is explained below, but put simply, instead of two ballot papers, electors will be presented with four ballot papers so that they can choose to vote for the corporate candidates or the independent candidates selected by we, the people of the Commonwealth. That's their intention. So we're having dual election. To be honest, I'm guessing about whether they're going to actually use the AEC ballot boxes or not. Yeah, well. They may set up their own ballot boxes, you know, get the old VB cartons out. Yeah, you know, just, just some shoe boxes. Get a texter. <laughs> yeah. Vote here. Commonwealth, we're the people. Yeah. Uh, and you can vote there. And from there it even gets sketchier. And I'm not sure who's going to be counting these alternate ballots, but once they have been counted, bingo, you've got yourself a sovereign people's assembly. Thank Insert God location here. About time. On the group's Telegram page, one commenter asked, is this real? Mm. <laughs> Which is a fair question to ask. Mm. I think under the circumstances, the moderator assured the commentator that it was, but then went oh, on really? to ask if they could be called upon for a little cash and maybe <laughs> some assistance at polling booths. Donate and volunteer now. Bless. And but what's behind this push for alternate elections? Not to mention alternate reality. It's complicated. Depending on who you listen to, Australia secretly became a corporation in 1973 when the Australian coat of arms was replaced with a dodgy-looking kangaroo that's not Skippy appearing for the first time. The emu looks a bit sus too and may in fact be a Chinese knockoff. (laughs) And the Commonwealth seal is a fish, not a mammal. Something, something, our once proud nation. Anywho, the Constitution is invalid. Australia is a corporation, not a Commonwealth, and all laws created from some vague point in the past are invalid. Not all laws, but most of them, especially the ones they don't like. The only law that is real is the Magna Carta Article 61. Not the Treason Act of 1848, which is a bloody disgrace. Oh, terrible. Invalid, because the aliens wrote it. So, look, we're going to follow this parallel universe that we'll live in for the next six odd weeks, because... Alongside the actual reality election, you know, like the federal one that's actually happening and mm. isn't treason, they're no. going to be doing all sorts of dumb shit. And look, yeah, most of it's going to be it. funny. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it. And we have to leave the electoral process there for now. We'll be back on it throughout the election, but we have to leave it there for now because it's time to turn to craggy Pete Evans, who hates elections, because just seeing all those people out voting reminds him of how many cookbooks he should be selling. If he didn't post all that Nazi stuff. <laughs> Whoops. He's had a big week and it's time to hear all about it on The Week in Pete Evans. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans. An absolute abundance of racist, transphobic and terrifying content to keep his handful of remaining followers full of hate, fear and loathing. I mean, sorry, no, sorry. I mean, peace, love and light. And rainbows. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Last week, we had Pete posting memes about immigration stats in the USA. We didn't cover Mm. it because we weren't here. It's one of his many specialities, yeah. Why would Pete do that? What's in it for old Pete? Well, you see... (laughs) Pete's an idiot, but he's also a little bit of a racist. Yeah. So you add those things together, and yeah, he's really upset about South Americans coming to USA. Why? Don't know. Like, honestly, I think it's more just because he's stupid, because he watches and shares a shitload of Tucker Carlson content, which he consumes without question or scrutiny. So fair enough. He doesn't know any better. But like, you know, let's face it. 
he did have to Google he's a neo-Nazi, right? The neo means, means new, Pete. Yes, yes, that, that's After what he found that Nazi, out. Nazi, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. When he when he Googled it, it was, it was alarming for him at the time. Oh, neo means new. That was a busy week for him. So it's been <laughs> difficult to pick something this week because everything on his wall is just so horrible. His veneer of rainbows, love and light is wearing incredibly fucking oh. thin. Because while he seems to be posting more pointless content of his family and food to make him seem more human, less of just a sociopathic reptile, you can barely <laughs> see it through the thicket of hatred and bile <laughs> that he offers up every fucking day. Oh it is God. disgusting. But let's not dwell on the sad stuff. Let's go back to the funny because Pete is, at his core, very funny. Very he, doesn't, funny. he doesn't mean to be, but he's hilarious. And I love him for it. I bless his heart. <laughs> so here is an absolute banger that he shared off David Ricardo Wolf's Telegram feed, who, he loves, wow, he loves he's him. a yeah. real piece of shit. Here's the quote. So there's a, there's, a, there's a title here, which is, over 10 years ago, everybody thought this guy was crazy. And here's the quote. Hollywood is an institutionalized pedophile ring. It is a den of parasites who feast on the blood of children. Every studio in Hollywood is bought and paid for with the blood of innocent children. Who said that? Who said that? Mel Gibson. No. Mel Gibson did not say that. No, he did not say that at all. He didn't. He just fucking didn't. I mean, like, okay, completely so made up. I googled the quote and immediately was met with fact checks that found the miserable prick that started the rumor and the right wing bullshit peddlers like NewsPunch.com that circulated it. How the fuck did you <laughs> fall for that, Pete? You really are an actual idiot. Like, I honestly can't believe that someone could possibly read that quote and think, "Oh shit, Mel Gibson's really fucking yeah. awake. Hey, he, mm. he knows the truth," and not, "Wow." That looks like complete bullshit in meme form. <laughs> he's not just an anti-Semite anymore. No, no, no. He's a pedophile exposer. What a great guy. God, he hates the Jews. He hates pedophiles. My kind of lad. Yeah. But the thing is, Pete hears the truth he wants to hear in his heart. Terrifying truth of a parallel universe that is constantly trying to kill you and either fuck your kids or eat them or both <laughs> is kind of his vibe mm. bit weird but you know that's where he's going that's where he's going so while there is a shitload of pedophilia in Hollywood which should not be excused and it's absolutely a good thing to expose where possible this isn't it Peter and you know mm. that you fucking liar and if you don't you are so stupid <laughs> Now, here's some original content from Pete, and he rarely shares his insights, but here's some actual original content his words. from him. His words. And I quote, three words that you will see being pushed over and over and over again by the mainstream media and politicians in the coming years will be these. Disinformation, misinformation, resilience. <laughs> I invite you to go deep to understand why the use of these words, parentheses, as weapons, as will weapons. be at the forefront moving forward Peace, Peace, rainbows, rainbows, heart. Mm. See post above for an example. Finger, finger, finger. The above post is Obama saying, I underestimated the threat of disinformation. Uh Now, I don't Mm. know about fucking resilience, but do you know why those words are being used, you complete penis? What the fuck do you know about resilience? You snack on grass-fed salmon and you're sprawling estate doing fuck all living off dividends, you rich cunt. But disinformation and misinformation? Come on, Pete. Like I said, you either know that you're a liar or you're incredibly fucking stupid. Or both. Yeah, it could be both. Could yeah. be both. 
But don't come at me with your petulant fucking outrage. Don't get pissy that you post horse shit and then get called out on it. I tell you what, Pete, try going a whole wig without lying. Just try not lying through those expensive veneered teeth of yours. It would be terrible for this segment. Shit, I might have to take a week off. But how about you just give it a shot? Just give it a fucking try. But you can't because you're addicted to disinformation. It makes you feel special, like you know something others don't, and then yeah. you share your ill-gotten wisdom selflessly with those you need to wake up and learn the truth. Yeah, like the truth of Bell Gibson quoting that? Stop posting, Pete. Just for the love of God, stop posting. For fuck's sake. Yeah, that's completely made up, Pete. The Mel Gibson quote. What Sorry, a fucking mate. idiot. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider on Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, you've had on Twitter, at Jack the Insider, and Joel on at Crunchmodes with AK. I'm Joel, third person. We've set mm. up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Just Not a test cricketer. Yes, whatever. Daring, yeah, just saying. That's it. That's it. In, in the making, I'm... I'm a bowler or a batter. I suck at both. Promoting a podcast easier right. said than done. If you share this podcast, we're eternally grateful because yes. let's face it, if we do it ourselves, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And the Patreon is up and running and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Yeah, for as little as five bucks a month, you have access to all sorts of bonus content, which we've been mm-hmm. lazy with recently, but God, we're going to pump it up next month. If you give us enough money, you can also watch us record the damn show. And if we get to a thousand patrons, we promise that we'll egg Craig Kelly with emu eggs, but not for the fact that he hangs out with Nazis, but because his hanging policy needs improvement. Come on, Craig. We want blood. Yeah, make it up with us. With so your join bloody up, game, mate. Uh, join up at, at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. Yes, and finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to simply inform us that we are about to be subjected to a six-week election campaign. Oh, no. This uh. is going to be a long one, guys. And sadly, we will cover it. Strap yourselves in. Thanks, guys. See ya.